Joe Biden busted again twice in two days. This is the kind of potential criminality I totally expect from a Biden, quite frankly. Yeah, a new batch of classified material found somewhere. At least one more a trove of classified documents found in a new, as of yet, undisclosed location. And we have got to hand it to the temporarily not fake news over at NBC for breaking the story. Aides to President Biden have apparently discovered another set of classified documents, this time in a different location than the office where the first batch was discovered, according to a person familiar with the matter. Guys leaving classified documents that he was not authorized to have all over town or all over the eastern seaboard. Let's take a look at where these documents could be. Reasonable suspicion suggests that they could be at Joe Biden's Wilmington home. They could be at Joe Biden's uh, McLean, Virginia. He had a mansion there for a while. Uh, let's see. It could be at the Beach House. Joe Biden has had numerous offices, one on K Street, where all the lobbyists hang out, along with his son, Hunter. They had an office there. This spooky place may be there. That's the University of Pennsylvania Biden Center North, the one in Philadelphia. Uh, there's the Joe Biden Center at uh, Delaware, which is apparently somebody's house. Uh, where are the documents? Where are these documents? Um, I hope they check out Hunter Biden's uh, facilities. He was working very closely with Joe. It's one of the reasons why they pose for these silly pictures. It was a commercial for how close Hunter Biden was to his father. If you want to do business, go see Hunter. It's as good as seeing the president. Seriously, what grown men make out like that when they're related? It's weird. It was a commercial. I'm not kidding. Now, the University of Pennsylvania Biden Center, quick review about, well, how swampy this arrangement was, okay? Joe Biden received 900,000 to do what? <laughs> the very, very vague work of the Biden pen uh, organization. Take a look. According to the website, based in our nation's capital, the Penn Biden Center engages more of our fellow citizens in shaping this world while ensuring the gains of global engagement are widely shared. Talk about half-baked and phony, huh? And if you think, if that's not half-baked and phony enough for you, take a look at this. The Penn Biden Center's Penn's home in Washington, D.C. It is incredibly important that we be there to be at the center of shaping the national policy debate about our place in the world. We want this to be a gathering place, a gathering place for people with good ideas and people who want to learn and uh, to be exposed to policymakers here and abroad. A gathering place, a gathering place. We already have Starbucks. What is this? What is this? And we can tell a photo op when we see one, and that's Joe Biden's life. Let me tell you what they really do. And they hint at it just a little bit. Our vision is clear. The Penn Biden Center for Diplomacy and Global Engagement will be the most powerful and purposeful voice for democracy, for international cooperation, and for good in the world. Okay, wait a No, uh, good in the world. Take a look at all the good in the world that China wants to do and all the money they gave to the University of Pennsylvania. Huh? 
over six years, 77 plus million dollars. Why would China give all that money to the University of Pennsylvania where Joe Biden works? And when the University of Pennsylvania made this sweetheart deal with Joe Biden, was this one of the reasons why they did it? Because of Joe's cozy relationship that he's always bragging about with the Chinese. I've spent more time with Xi Jinping, at least before we got out, than any world leader has. I probably spent more time with Xi Jinping, I'm told, than any world leader has because I, I had 24, 25 hours of private meetings with him when I was vice president, traveled 17,000 miles with him. I have spoken and spent more time with Xi Jinping than any other world leader has. I've had hours and hours and hours of meetings and personal conversations with Xi Jinping. Everywhere he goes, including what looks like a nursery school library, he's bragging about that arrangement. I never understood why. I think his target audience was not me, not you, but maybe the University of Pennsylvania. Again, $77 million. Now, I don't want to, maybe I'm downplaying the fine work of the Biden Penn Institute, whatever it is, because Joe Biden did once have somebody write an article <laughs> that was posted on the website. Back in 2018, all right? It's not exactly uh, particularly active. Now, the fake news broke this story, but the fake news is fake. So what do they do right after they break the story? They try to say it's no big deal. Joe Biden's going to be fine. This was some clerical error made by somebody else not named Biden. Take a look. Hallie, aides to President Biden have been conducting an exhaustive search, we are told, of other locations to make sure they've gathered up all the classified documents that went to the wrong place, because if it happened once, it could happen again. These classified documents that went to the wrong place, as if the documents went there on their own. The documents just decided that they're going to go to Joe Biden's uh, weird office at the University of right? It's the documents' fault. And then there's this spin. And again, we don't know whether this was anything more than inadvertent error by whoever was packing the documents yeah. as they left the Biden White House. But it's it's significant because it shows that the, the scope of this may be more broad than we first realized. Now it appears there are more classified documents uh, that went astray uh, after Joe Biden left the Obama administration. All right. Went astray like stray cats, right? Just kind of dispersed again on their own. Of course, it's not Joe Biden's responsibility. I want to emphasize again, he got that job in late 2017, early 2018. When he showed up there at the Penn Biden Center, whatever date it was exactly, he was an ex-vice president of the United States. And he, by his own admission, did not have access. He said it out loud. I don't have access to uh, classified material. I'm an ex-vice president of the United States. This is bad. This is actually really bad for Joe Biden. More on that in a moment. But first, uh, remember, always the hypocrisy and the double standard of the media. That same guy you saw there kind of minimizing this for Joe Biden. He thought Donald Trump, who was authorized to have those documents, by the way, almost killed somebody by having them. These are the kind of documents, Kristen, that you have to go into a special room to look at, that the, the disclosure of which could compromise sources and methods could get people killed. Hey, man, remember, it could be the documents fault, right? The documents could have just decided to show up in Mar-a-Lago. Huh? Huh? Joe Biden busted again. And here's why I personally think he has a real problem. Earlier this week, 
I actually woke up and it was on my mind. I was like, Joe Biden's going to be the Democrat nominee. They're really going to run him. I can't believe it. It just doesn't. I mean, we could all see he's not up to the job. And if I can see it and you can see it, ambitious Democrats who want to be president, they can see it as well. And I think they've had it up to you know where with this. OK, uh, first of all, I mean, take a look. Let me start off with two words. Made in America. I was in the foot, uh, foot, foot, excuse me, the foothills of the Himalayas with Xi Jinping. And then we're going to have to use Title Nine, Title uh, Eight, Eight, right? Am I right? Yeah, Title Eight, Eight Nine. <laughs> we're going to seize their yachts, their luxury homes, and other ill-begotten gains of Putin's kleptocracy. Uh, uh, yeah, kleptocracy and club. The guys who are the kleptocracies. <laughs> All right. So why would they renominate somebody like this? 80 years old. He's this is not good. And he's compromised and he's compromised. And I believe senior Democrats have noticed this and they're pushing back and they want an alternative. And I think they're going to get one. I always sensed that Joe Biden wasn't going to make it four years. No way. No way. And the denial that we saw yesterday in Mexico, that's always, that's still rubbing me the wrong way. There are some moments here that, well, deserve reevaluation. Take a look. And on the news at home, can you explain how classified documents ended up in one of your offices and should the public have been notified sooner? Well, let me get rid of the easy one first. People know I take classified uh, documents, classified information seriously. When my lawyers were clearing out my office at the University of Pennsylvania, they set up an office for me, secure office in the Capitol, when I, the four years after being vice president, I was a professor at Penn. You know, that could be just Joe being imprecise and all over the place, but I think he's being deceitful and deceptive for a reason. He's trying to confuse the issue that a vice president has an office on Capitol Hill, right, when they're vice president. But this is not when he's vice president, he's an ex-vice president, but the office is on Capitol Hill, but not in the Capitol. It's in a building that's in the Capitol Hill neighborhood. He's trying to confuse the issue. And that's what you do sometimes when you're pinned down. Next. They found some documents in a box, in a locked cabinet, or at least a closet. And as soon as they did, they realized there were several classified documents in that box. A locked cabinet or a closet? There's a big difference there. There is. And notice he didn't say the closet was locked. Democrats all over the place are trying to say it was locked. It was locked. He didn't say it was locked. Am I nitpicking here? Yes, but it's important. Next. And they did what they should have done. They immediately called the archives. Immediately called the archives. Turned them over to the archives. Immediately called the archives. After five years, potentially. Those documents could have been there for five years. And the media, they're picking up on this talking point. Oh, he called right away. They called it. No, years, years just sitting around. And maybe our enemies could get these things, right? Next. I was briefed about this discovery and surprised to learn that there were any government records that were taken there to that office. This is when I recall all of the lies Joe Biden has told us over the years starting for me in 1987 when he was running for president. Remember that? <laughs> I mean, just so I don't believe him. And he didn't actually say he didn't know. He said he was surprised. One more. 
But I don't know what's in the documents. I've, my lawyers have not suggested I ask what documents they were. My lawyers have not suggested I ask what documents they were. Wow. He's... His lawyers don't want him to know. Don't ask, Joe. Don't ask at this point. Hey, I'm going to tell you right now what the document. According to CNN, the documents are related to Ukraine, Iran, and UK. And that Ukraine thing, I think it's a problem. And I am willing to bet that Joe Biden will not be the Democrat nominee for president in 2024. Because of this and a whole heck of a lot of other things. I'll be right back. Okay, not exactly a news flash, but the Democrats, the liberal left, they control a lot of our major institutions and industries in America, right? The teachers union, right? Solidly, solidly far left. Uh, let's see, what else? Academia in general, right? Especially a college. Totally leftist, borderline socialist. Our media, all of it across the board, very few exceptions, uh, totally in with the woke stuff. Very, very bad. Uh, and the deep state in general. It's been a lesson for a lot of us just how in the tank they are for the left. Now, there is one precious group, organization, institution in America that has not yet fallen prey to the left, but the left is targeting them. I'm talking about law enforcement, the men and women of law enforcement. Uh, their job should be apolitical. And let's face it, you know, they probably lean right, okay, in their personal lives. It's not how they execute the job, but all the police unions with, with Trump, these are, by and large, working-class conservative people. And they want to change that. They want to change that in a big way, the liberal left. This is one of the issues I tackle in my new book that I'm very proud of, actually. It's called Justice for All, How the Woke Left is Wrong About Law Enforcement. And the woke left and their ambition to take over law enforcement. Um, I got to go back a couple of years. I want to go back to the summer of 2008. There was a time, you may remember, we've talked about it on this show, when Barack Obama was prepared to talk very bluntly to the African-American community about, well, a disturbingly high rate of absentee fathers, which can lead to a lot of problems. High school dropout, um, increased incarceration, you name it. The chances of those things happening without a father in the home are greater. You also know that Jesse Jackson threatened to castrate him when he said that. And he didn't want to go there, especially when the polls started coming back. So take a look at these numbers. Uh, first of all, it was news in 2011 that Obama's favorability started to drop among African-Americans. And take a look at just how precipitously it dropped. Uh, number one, I think we've got, this is 2009, overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly beloved by black voters. Fast forward just two years. Look at that. That is precipitous. That is the kind of drop that will lose you re-election. This presented a real problem for a guy who, uh, well, liked to think a lot about himself. Here he is, <laughs> brooding with all of his friends. If you look at Barack Obama's many books about himself, he struggles with his racial identity. Am I white? Am I black? The black community, they don't trust me. They don't think I'm black enough. He says these things. 
So after those numbers came back, he decided to go all in with victim culture and that America is a racist society. And what gave him a big fat chance to do that? The Trayvon Martin case, which many call the Trayvon Martin hoax. Now, Trayvon Martin was that young, beautiful, innocent boy who was murdered by that awful, evil George Zimmerman, right? That's, that's how it went down. This guy was an over-eager community watch guy who got totally, totally carried away, right? No, <laughs> not at all. But that was the public narrative. And that was the one that Barack Obama himself pushed. You know, if I had a son, he'd look like Trayvon. And, um, you know, I think they are right to expect that all of us as Americans uh, are going to take this with the seriousness it deserves and that we're going to get to the bottom of exactly what happened. What should have been an obscure incident in Florida became a national issue that divided the country thanks to him. And all the, all the riots, all the protests, these intensified, of course. And did you know that Black Lives Matter, the organization, actually started in response to Trayvon Martin? Uh, Black Lives Matter, according to Black Lives Matter, was founded in 2013 in response to the acquittal of Trayvon Martin's murderer. That's on their website to this day. Trayvon Martin, by the way, was not some innocent kid. No. He was a gangbanger with violent tendencies, big-time problems at school, suspended numerous times, and he, his mother estimated that he was six foot two inches tall. A lot of people said that he was 5'7", and that George Zimmerman somehow was this big guy. No. George Zimmerman was almost beaten to death by Trayvon Martin, and of course, George Zimmerman was acquitted. But Obama had already played the race card, and it worked. It worked. And Obama realized that this is the way it's going to be. I've got to take care of my base. Who remembers the incident in Cambridge, Massachusetts? Remember this? Professor Gates, uh, there was a misunderstanding. Harvard Professor Gates goes to his house, and he doesn't have his keys, so he's got to go around the back. And some neighbor sees a guy climbing in the window, thinks he's uh, robbing the place, calls the cops. Cops show up. He didn't want to show his ID. There was confusion. He mouthed off to the cops and he got arrested. They didn't actually charge him with anything. Again, should have been an obscure incident. But Barack Obama had to make a federal case out of it. Recently, Professor Henry Lewis Gates Jr. was arrested at his home in Cambridge. What does that incident say to you and what does it say about race relations in America? Well, uh, I, I should say at the outset that... Uh, Skip Gates is a friend, uh, so I may be a little biased here. Uh, I don't know all the facts. He should have stopped right there. <laughs> You're not biased, and you don't know anything. But he didn't. And he went on to impugn the reputation of the Cambridge Police Department, law enforcement in general, and uh, Americans of every color. I think it's fair to say, number one, any of us would be pretty angry. Number two that the Cambridge police uh, acted stupidly in arresting somebody when they, there was already proof that they were in their own home. And number three, what I think we know separate and apart from this incident, is that uh, 
there is a long history in this country of African Americans and Latinos uh, being stopped by law enforcement disproportionately. And that, that's just a fact. But he's leaving out all the other facts. He's leaving out the important facts. He's not leading. He's galvanizing. He's, he's dividing. He's dividing. Now, it is a fact that blacks and Hispanics are stopped disproportionately. It's also a fact, as I write in my book, that they commit more of the crime. Blacks and Latinos get stopped by the police more frequently because they live in areas with more crime. This happens to be true. And it's not a question of police hanging out in their neighborhoods waiting to arrest the first non-white they see, drop a candy wrapper on the sidewalk. Emergency 911 calls drive police response rates. And those come predominantly from black and Latino callers in black and Latino neighborhoods, which in fact do have higher crime rates than whiter neighborhoods. How about that? Now, this is nuanced, this is complicated, and it does not, I guess, in the short term, it did not serve Barack Obama politically to say any of this. But I would have, and I am, and I'm proud that I am. I'm also, I have nothing against Professor Gates and Officer Crowley, by the way. This was the one thing that I really liked from all of this. That beer summit, it was panned, but there was something kind of beautiful about it at the same time. Um, professor, the professor and the cop getting together, talking it out over a beer. I like that. I actually like that. But I despise this. Behind the scenes, at the White House, they were grumbling. They were making fun of the cop. They resented that they had to be nice to the cop. Barack Obama actually writes about that in his own memoir. And I footnote it in my book and I write it in mine. Obama also revealed in his memoir that black members of his staff and many black supporters were annoyed that he was forced to bend over backwards to be even handed in his treatment of the police officer. So it's in my book and I'm proud of it. I also find it kind of unusual and interesting that me, Greg Kelly at Newsmax, tackling these issues of race when Barack Obama wouldn't, and quite frankly, he had a bigger pulpit and probably had the credentials with certain communities to make it more effectively than I can. But I'm going to anyway, because I think I can help. Because what did all of that do? What did all of that toxic rhetoric do? It brought us to where we are now, where an entire culture lies to itself that somehow this is a peaceful protest. And where is Barack Obama now? He's a billionaire on a jet, polishing his brand, and he doesn't give a damn. I'll be right back. You're on the go and need news now. No paywalls, no cable subscriptions. Just download the Newsmax app from your smartphone store. It's free. And watch Newsmax TV anytime, anywhere. All I can say is that the fake news just doesn't get it, do they? Uh, I don't know if you know this, but Newsmax has Newsmax 2, a great channel that uh, we're working on, and they play amazing documentaries. I actually saw one today about George W. Bush. I'm not a fan. Uh, but he had a press secretary that I thought was pretty good. His name was Ari Fleischer, 
And this was something he said on his last day on the job. He left in, uh, yeah, 2003. Uh, Listen to this. As sometimes messy as it can be in the 225-year history of our country, the fact that there is a free press who can ask whatever it wants and a government that is accountable has kept our nation strong and free and it will forevermore. Beautiful words, and they were mostly true, I guess, back then. But today, can the press ask whatever it wants? I don't think so. Joe Biden is with the press every single day. He actually gets questions every single day, and they're all harmless for the most part. He has never been asked about the laptop. Never. When somebody once from this network, James Rosen, asked him a real question that, quite frankly, everybody talks about. It's on everybody's mind. The whole situation with his brain functioning. And, and James Rosen actually could not have been more respectful. Thank you very much for this honor. James Rosen with Newsmax. I'd like to, um, I'd like to raise a delicate subject, uh, but with utmost respect for your life accomplishments and the high office you hold. A poll released this morning by Politico Morning Consult found 49% of registered voters disagreeing with the statement, Joe Biden is mentally fit. Not even a majority of Democrats who responded uh, strongly affirmed that statement. Well, I'll let you all make the judgment whether they're correct. Well, so the question I have for you, sir, if you'd let me finish, is why do you suppose such large segments of the American electorate have come to harbor such profound concerns about your cognitive fitness. Thank you. I have no idea. Yes, sir. (laughs) Well, it was a great question. Beautifully phrased as about as um, gentle, and I think it called for that, really. This guy, James, was so bullied. (laughs) Cable news hosts on the left went crazy. They tried to cancel him. They didn't. They can't. But... Can you ask anything you want these days? Again, the laptop. <laughs> when is he going to get asked about the laptop? Hmm? When are they going to call on James Rosen again? When will, when will Joe Biden do that, right? We don't have a free press. Uh, we don't have a free press. All right, I want to say this about Fanone. He's back in the news. Michael Fanone, remember him, the Capitol Hill cop who... Um, Well, he made a bit of a spectacle out of himself. More on that in a moment. He left the Metropolitan... No, I'm sorry. He's not a Capitol Hill cop. He's a Metropolitan Police Department, D.C. cop. But he left that to become a uh, CNN contributor. He's on all the time talking about how much he he hates Trump. (laughs) And um, remember, I think he had contempt for Congress. It went something like this. The indifference shown to my colleagues has been disgraceful. The indifference shown to my colleagues is disgraceful. Nailed it. (laughs) Anyway, back in the news because he's got a GoFundMe page set up. Uh, Somebody set it up for him. A close associate, uh, Officer Dunn, has been pushing this. Help support this January 6th hero. Uh, How much has been raised? Wow. That's real money. That's real money. And quite frankly, I don't think he deserves it. Uh, No, he's made some pretty bad decisions. Uh, 
Yet, he enjoys life. Go figure. All right. So is this I thought this was a joke. The Biden administration is seriously contemplating a plan to ban gas stoves. Uh, Government overreach, anybody? Uh, Yeah. One of the many, many agencies we have citing harmful pollutants and health conditions. Consumer Product Safety Commission is apparently on board with this proposal. Understandably, there's been uh, significant pushback. Listen to what the left says about our pushback, which is totally justified. With Republicans out there claiming, some of them, that the Biden administration wants to take your stove. What? Is that true? Reality check, Ryan. This would affect, there are some places that already have um, a ban on gas stoves on new construction, right? But it's not as though I have a Mm -hmm. gas stove. You know, federal agents are going to run in and take my range out of my wall. It hasn't stopped Republicans from pouncing on this, trying to present it as an overreach of government. Is it going to be somebody knocking on your door tomorrow, ripping your gas stove out of your kitchen? That's that's not going to happen. It's not going to happen anytime soon. Yeah, these things tend to happen over time and pushback is appropriate. And what the government is contemplating, even that they're thinking about it publicly, proposing this kind of nonsense. Well, it made me think of somebody today. Actually, a friend of mine, Rich, uh, reminded me that on this day in history, Ronald Reagan, after two successful terms in office, uh, made his farewell address. And it was beautiful. And there's one part in there that really resonates, should resonate, because I don't think we're, we're there right now. But We the people tell the government what to do. It doesn't tell us. We the people are the driver. The government is the car, and we decide where it should go and by what route and how fast. Almost all the world's constitutions are documents in which governments tell the people what their privileges are. Our constitution is a document in which we, the people, tell the government what it is allowed to do. We, the people, are free. This belief has been the underlying basis for everything I've tried to do these past eight years. But back in the 1960s, when I began, it seemed to me that we'd begun reversing the order of things, that through more and more rules and regulations and confiscatory taxes, the government was taking more of our money, more of our options, and more of our freedom. I went into politics in part to put up my hand and say, stop. I was a citizen politician, and it seemed the right thing for a citizen to do. I think we have stopped a lot of what needed stopping. And I hope we have once again reminded people that man is not free unless government is limited. It's it's beautiful. That man was reelected with 49 states, 49 states. How far we have fallen and where are we now? Joe Biden yelling and screaming about get vaccinated about insurrectionists. It's pretty sad, actually. News breaks every minute, every day. You need the app, the Newsmax app. Find it free on your smartphone store. Then watch us anytime, anywhere. Uh, Joe's team made a mistake. He admitted to it. 
Uh, you know, ordinarily, this is the type of thing. It's not a crime. It's a mistake unless there's a criminal intent. You see no criminal intent here. There is no comparison. They were in a locked closet. They were not accessible. And that's why the appropriate process was followed. The Biden documents were found in a locked closet. They were found by lawyers who immediately notified the White House. And on the same day, the White House notified the National Archives. And, you know, these cases do happen. People do mistakenly take documents. <laughs> no story here, they're trying to say. No story. Well, you know by now, hopefully, at least one more batch of classified documents found in a new location. Some location we understand controlled by Joe Biden at one point, in addition to the 10 classified documents discovered in November, although they didn't tell us until yesterday. And those documents are related to Ukraine, Iran, and the United Kingdom. Secret documents in the possession of a former vice president. This is, uh, I do believe, very, very, very bad news for Joe Biden. I'd like to bring in some experts. I want to find out more about this and that weird arrangement with the University of Pennsylvania. Joe DeGeneva, former U.S. attorney for Washington, D.C., a Newsmax contributor, and Fred Flights, senior fellow at the America First Policy Institute, veteran of the Trump National Security Staff. Uh, welcome, gentlemen. First to you, Joe. I think that this is a big, 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 big deal, potentially. Uh, but then again, the Justice Department seems to be in the tank for Joe Biden. What do you make of it? Well, first of all, Joe Biden uh, was vice president. He had no power to declassify documents, as Donald Trump did. He had no authority to take documents with him. And let's remember, I'm hearing all sorts of dates about how long he had these. He left the vice presidency in January of 2017. He has had these documents for more than five years. We now know there are at least two tranches of documents in two different places, all illegally retained, illegally stored, and illegally maintained. This is a clear violation of the negligence standard in the Espionage Act for the maintenance of classified records. So the notion that somehow this is different in a better sense from the Trump craze is absolutely ludicrous. And listening to all those talking heads, really, really moronic comments. They know absolutely nothing about the law. This is a very serious problem. And the reason it's serious is that Garland screwed this up from the beginning by investigating and allowing a raid on Donald Trump's residence. By doing that, he upped the ante on this type of conduct. And now he's got President Biden, and all he can do possibly do at this point is appoint a special counsel. And if he doesn't appoint a special counsel, it will show that the fix is in. It seems to be exceeding uh, the comfort level of some Democrats. Um, and I think <laughs> there is a, a special counsel who's working on some of this. Not a special counsel, but that Mr. Lausch seems to be involved. Fred? Uh, your take on the documents, and also if I can get you to comment on the arrangement he had with the University of Pennsylvania. Quite frankly, it looked to me like a bit of a slush fund. The Chinese gave the University of Pennsylvania $77 million between 2014 and 2020. I think Joe Biden was there, possibly for that reason. Your thoughts? Uh, it's good to be here, and I agree with Joe. I will add that if you work in the executive office of the president, you know very well, and you're told constantly by White House attorneys, all of your records, when you're done your job, have to go to the National Archive. The fact that at least two boxes, and I think there's many more, 
were sent to Biden's residences and offices. They knew this was illegal. They knew this was against the rules. It's not just the classified documents. I think they probably did this for Biden to write a book, maybe for personal business dealings. But, you know, this this Penn Biden Center, it didn't seem to do anything. It got $52 million from China. Actually, I'm hearing it got more than that. But on top of that, there were classified documents on Ukraine involved in this in this mess. We know that Hunter Biden made $14 million from China and Ukraine between 2013 and 2018. And Biden left with documents about Ukraine. There are doc and we know from the New York Post story that came out in 2016, the big guy is supposed to get 10 percent of these dealings. I don't know what this adds up to, but I got to tell you, it stinks. Yeah, big time. Uh, uh, you mentioned, Joe, the president had declassification authority. Also, President Trump, when he left the White House as president, he went right to Mar-a-Lago. He was still president when he got there in January of 2021. When Joe Biden showed up at the Biden Penn Institute, whatever, he was just a guy. He, he didn't come directly from, from the White House. I, there's one thing, though. It, I don't think Donald Trump did anything wrong, but I do think that this takes prosecution of him off the table. Politically, it's impossible now. Well, I don't think there's any doubt that uh, this creates a monster conflict of interest for Merrick Garland. And it does make the prosecution of President Trump for anything involving uh, these documents absolutely impossible. It would take a monstrous decision by Jack Smith, the special counsel, to prosecute Trump and not prosecute Biden. But remember, we are dealing with a totally corrupt Department of Justice and FBI. Uh, I, I, I really don't put anything past them, including laughingly applying a double standard of justice to two presidents. It's, it's hard to imagine that the Department of Justice could be as corrupt as it has become politically. But they are capable of anything. If you can do yeah, what they yeah. did to Peter Navarro and others, uh, they're capable of anything. Fred, very briefly, the arrangement that Biden had with this Pennsylvania, University of Pennsylvania, swampy, yes, I don't like it. But do they all do that in the swamp, ex-vice presidents, or is this really egregious? And I only have 10 seconds, sorry. You know, the Brookings Foundation in Washington, liberal think tank, got in a lot of trouble 10 years ago for taking $14 million from Qatar. Huh. And the media doesn't seem to care that this Biden center took 52 to 53 million from China. Yeah. And it's not clear what was even done with this money. So I hope this is looked into. Well, Joe Biden wrote an article for their website back in 2018. <laughs> <laughs> so there's that. Gentlemen, Joe DeGeneva, Fred Flights, thank you very much. Be right back. Airlines could not take off because of a screw up with something called the NOTAM situation, which is run by the FAA. And uh, who's in charge of the FAA? Secretary of Transportation Pete Buttigieg. And a lot of folks are scrutinizing Pete all of a sudden. Like, how did this guy get this big job? Remember what his last job was? mayor of South Bend, Indiana. That's a pretty tiny town. That was his last job before he had the audacity to run for president of the United States. And very weirdly, <laughs> he succeeded in part in that race. He actually almost won Iowa. It's crazy. Well, our next guest, actually, a journalist who 
treated Pete with skepticism very early on. Clifton French was covering Pete Buttigieg in South Bend. He's an investigative reporter. He is the founder of RealNewsMichiana.com, and I believe he has Pete Buttigieg's number. <laughs> uh, Clifton, welcome to uh, Newsmax. How are you? I'm doing very well, Greg. How are you? Terrific. You covered Pete uh, when he was mayor. You were a local reporter. Do me a favor. Give us a sense of him. Tell us what kind of mayor was he and tell us about the relationship you guys had. <laughs> He's he was never here. <laughs> he was he was gone. Um, the few accomplishes that accomplishments that he had were just uh, just disasters, complete disasters. Uh, you know, his one transportation project that he did, uh, he called it Smart Streets in, in downtown South Bend, um, where he turned all the one-way streets into, into two-way streets, got rid of a bunch of stoplights, traffic lights, and it ended in the death of an 11-year-old boy uh, who was going to a bus stop, uh, essentially went against everything that anybody was telling him to do, and he deactivated the stoplight. Tons of warnings that this was going to end up in the death of a child, and it did. That's, that's what he did in South Bend. That's it. So he wasn't much of a mayor, uh, but he was gay. Now, I don't care. I don't think you care. It's irrelevant. No. You know, you got a straight mayor or a gay mayor. It doesn't make any difference to most normal people, whether they're gay or straight or whatever. But the political press made such a big deal about it, and mm -hmm. it catapulted him into superstar status when he ran for president. And that's why he got the big job. Can I ask you, um, first of all, your thoughts on that? I, I see no other qualification for this job other than that, and it's not a qualification. And was this a big deal, his sexuality, when he was the mayor? I I didn't think it was a big deal. A lot of people here, I mean, South Bend historically uh, has been a Democrat-run uh, city forever. In fact, St. Joe County just, uh, so where South Bend is in St. Joe County, just turned red for the very first time uh, this past November. Uh, so it is full of Democrats, and they just liked kind of this young, edgy guy who was honestly really smart. He is a very smart man, and that makes him scary because he can talk, he can do things. Um, in, in that regard, uh, when he's just speaking with you, he can fool you. But he does absolutely nothing. He was never around. I mean, he spent uh, his entire career here disappearing. He disappeared during the first yeah. scandal in South yeah. Bend, um, which was involved the police department here and, uh, and that, the police tapes. And he mishandled yeah. that, and we did get wind yeah. of that. Well, uh, as uh, an uncle of mine once said, He's good at books. Big deal. <laughs> Clifton French to be continued because Pete, uh, Pete is going to continue to make news, I think. And check out realnewsmichiana.com, realnewsmichiana.com. Clifton French, we thank you, and we'll see you tomorrow.